Welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, an outreach of Greater Works Christian Church here in Lancaster, California. I am your host, Robert Enos. If you like what you hear, visit us at gwcclancaster.org. That's gwcclancaster.org. Find the Table Flippers link, click on it, and you'll get to our merchandise. Now, get ready for a huge dose of truth and a huge dose of common sense. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, fans. Hello, friends. Hello, family. It is good to be back. I know I haven't posted or published uh, any new episodes in the last, uh, what is it, about a week now. Uh, It's because I was on vacation. The week before that, I was kind of a vacation. It was camping with the family, something I haven't done in a long time, so I really wanted to do that. And then came home, spent a few days, published a episode, I think just one at that point, and then went on to uh, a vacation. And uh, we were in a spectacular resort in Cancun, Mexico. Escaret, I think I said it correctly. Um, It's spelled X-C-A-R-E-T, I believe is how it's spelled. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the greatest the uh, nicest resorts I've ever been to uh, for, for many, many, many reasons. There was so much to do, and yet it was so relaxing. The weather was perfect, but the facilities were phenomenal, were just spectacular. And uh, that's what amazed me the most. Now, I've been telling everybody that Xcred is the uh, Disney of, of uh, resorts, all-inclusive resorts. And I almost don't like saying that because of what Disney has become, but I'm referring to old Disney. I remember going to Disneyland as a kid, and there wasn't a piece of gum on the ground. There wasn't any trash on the ground. There wasn't any chips in the paint anywhere. There wasn't weeds in the flower beds. It was perfect. And um, they took a lot of pride in what they created. Mr. Disney did and the Disney family. And Excrevet was very much like that. They had people literally out there sand, um, raking the sand on their uh, beach. They didn't have a big one, but their beach and their beach area and their lounge area where there's a, like a lagoon, I should say, more like a lagoon. And they were just making it look clean. They were making it uh, easy to walk on. The, it was spectacular. The food was spectacular. The, the service was spectacular. The grounds were spectacular. And uh, even though they're not giving me any money or endorsement, I'm just telling you it was beautiful. So if you're into that, please check it out. You know, I'm sure you can find it online. Excoret, uh, and it, Cancun, it's, like I said, it's just spectacular. We had a great time. We had a wonderful time. Just got to chill out, spend some time with my wife and some friends of ours and uh it was just i'm not even going to say it was relaxing in the sense of all i did was just lay around because we went on speed boats we i don't know what they call this thing it was more like a splash boat we went on a huge catamaran that just sailed around that was really nice we went on some uh little kind of jeep like atvs that went through the jungle and they kept yelling at me and telling me to slow down uh, we went in um, caves, we went in kind of a lazy river kind of a thing, but through the caves underground. Uh, it was spectacular. It was just really great all the way around. So when you have a great resort and great friends and great company and a great wife like mine, 
you just have a great time and you don't even have to go spend all that kind of money at a at a big fancy resort you could just do that hanging out in the weekend but nonetheless we had a great time and i hope that all of you are able to you know go do something pamper yourself just a little bit uh you deserve it you're worth it you're a person of great value always remember that you are a person of great value so never sell yourself short and um have a great time x credit was awesome now uh, there's some things i want to talk about today i have an article that i want to read to you in just a moment and talk to you about something but uh it's, it's about this ongoing discussion debate about the debt ceiling and i'll be honest with you uh, it, it's there's certain things in politics <clears throat> that really bother me to the point that i just get so frustrated i I want to throw things, I want to scream. And since I'm not a liberal giving the liberal scream, you, you've seen those purple-haired people that just scream. I mean, something they don't like, and they just scream. They drop to their knees, and they just scream. It's the weirdest thing, ladies and gentlemen. But nonetheless, maybe, you know, you could Google the liberals scream. Watch some videos, watch some clips of them. And on one hand, it's it's kind of funny when you're just sitting back and looking at it from a comedic point of view, but it's also somewhat disturbing. I almost said scary. They don't scare me. It's just disturbing. So when I say, ooh, that, it's just scary in that regard, but disturbing. These people are disturbed, and it's disturbing. And the reason it's disturbing is these people walk among us, ladies and gentlemen. They drink our water, they breathe our air, they eat our food, and they walk on our streets. And these people are extremely disturbed. They they give nothing. Eh, maybe not anything, because like I said, there's that comedy relief that they give. So they give very little. They, they actually contribute very little to culture, to society, to the world around us, but they are huge takers. And when they don't like something, in other words, when you don't agree with them, if you have an opposing view, they want to shut you down. And one of the ways they just shut you down is just scream. So you can't, your voice can't be heard, you know. Um, anyways, I don't know how I got off on that. It's just just strange. But I, I want to talk to you about this debt ceiling thing because, again, this is one of those things in politics that I just... I want to become like a screaming liberal and just scream at because of the absurdity of the whole thing and how we're here, why we're here, and why we're even talking about this. I crunched some numbers, ladies and gentlemen. So I went and I searched. I wanted to find out exactly how much money are we in debt in the United States of America. The, you know, how much uh, extra money? Because that's what debt is. You know, let, let's say this. Let's say you make a hundred thousand straight hundred thousand dollars every year. You know, um, you have, and you spend a hundred and twenty thousand. Well, you're twenty thousand dollars in debt. So the next year rolls around, and you already go into that next year uh, twenty thousand dollars in the hole in debt. You get your hundred thousand, but then you spend another hundred and thirty thousand. Now you're fifty thousand dollars in debt third year comes by you get your hundred thousand dollars but then you go out and spend a hundred and forty thousand what's uh 50 now you're ninety thousand dollars in debt you're almost in debt as much as money as you make in a year you, you've overspent that much the united states of america because of our wonderful government and this is not a democrat thing i would love to make it only a democrat thing but i can't because this is Republican and Democrat presidents and Congress and whoever else is responsible for getting us into 
Now, ladies and gentlemen, hold on to your hats. Right now, as we sit, we are 31 trillion 460 billion dollars in debt. I want to say that number again because it may not, you know, you hear the word million, billion, trillion, and and those numbers, and our government has gotten really, really good at spending those big numbers and throwing out those big numbers to the point that most people don't even realize how much money that really, truly is. <laughs> but I'm going to say that number again. The U United States of America is in debt, $31 trillion, billion dollars we are that much in debt or to make it simple 31.46 trillion dollars in debt now again I, I if if you're in a place right now that you can pull out a piece of paper and write this down just so you can look at it okay if if you're driving please don't do this all right but but if you're sitting at a table at a desk or something just pull out a piece of paper and a pencil or pen and write this down it would be 31, you can put a comma, 460, put another comma, and behind that comma, put nine zeros, okay? So it'd be three, one, four, six, and then uh, after that, 10 zeros, okay? So if you're going to write it from right to left, the way we would typically write, say, a number in this sense to get the, the commas down exact and everything, at least the way they taught me in school, you put... Zero, 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 comma, zero, 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 comma, zero, 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 comma, zero, six, four, comma, three, one. And that's that's a pretty big number, ladies and gentlemen, when you stop and look at it and, and now attach a dollar to every one. $31.46 trillion in debt. Now, I crunched some other numbers. I went and found out the uh, U.S. population as it sits right now. And I'm going to try to remember this, but there's what they call a population clock. And this clock, as far as, and it has the U.S. population and next to it, world population. It's like a ticker thing. And the U.S. population is spinning pretty pretty slow. You know, it's, it's right now it just turned over um, 334,791,510. And it's about to click over to 11. And every time it clicks, it means somebody has just been born and then the world population is spinning of course a lot faster than that next to it so anyways let me get back to this so when i wrote i wrote this down on my little whiteboard so at the time that i wrote this uh these numbers down i wrote down three three hundred thirty four million seven hundred ninety one thousand four hundred and sixty at that time okay now it's just a few moments ago like i said this the number is just continually growing um slowly but nonetheless growing so at the time that I wrote these two numbers down, the 31.46 trillion and the 334 or almost 335 million of US population, I then figured out, I wonder how much money, if we were to pay this off today, if we were gonna pay this off in one day, how much money would each American have to come up with to pay off this debt? So I did some math. And even though I don't claim to be a mathematician, this was pretty easy math, especially when you had a calculator. So I divided the debt by the U.S. population. And what I came up with was interesting. If you and I, or if we as Americans wanted to pay off this debt, each American, that would be every man, every woman, and every child, regardless of age, all right? 
every man, woman, and child would have to come with, up with about $94,000. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, $94,000. Each American, each of us, 335 million of us, with $94,000 sent it into the government to pay off this $31.46 trillion in debt. See, because the reason I did this is because a lot of people just don't understand the overall problem and how we got into this problem, how we get out of this problem, and they push it off. They, you know, we don't deal with numbers that big every day, and especially when we hear it thrown out there so loosely. Oh, millions this and billions that and trillions this, and and it's thrown out there so loosely that we it loses impact with us, and that's on purpose, by the way, that's on purpose. But nonetheless, it loses impact with us, so we don't really stop and think about, and it doesn't hit us about. Uh, how much of a mess we are in in the United States of America right now. And the reason I'm talking about this is because they're they're doing this debate over the debt ceiling right now between, you know, the Biden administration and Congress, especially uh, Republican, top congressional Republican Kevin McCarthy. He's been spearheading this discussion about debt ceiling. And from what I understand, I, I, this is one of those things that I haven't really been following too much because it angers me so much that we are, that one, that we're in debt, but, but secondly, that we're in this kind of $31.46 trillion, and it would take uh, 90, about $94,000 each man, woman, and child in America had to have to give up $94,000 to pay off this debt. You see, and a lot of people say, well, yeah, 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 but it's not our debt. It's the government's debt. Where do you think the government gets their money from you and I? See, the government doesn't make money. They might print it, but they don't make it. You and I make the money. You and I go to work every day, and they take it from us in taxes. So they would have to take, again, to pay off all this debt, $94,000 from each man, woman, and child in America on top of what they're already taking in other taxes. That's... That's just not a straight 94000 and it's over. You don't have to pay taxes for the rest of your life. No, it is on top of what you're paying already in taxes just to pay off this debt. And because government is out of control in their spending, even if they were able to come up with uh, the, the money, $31.46 trillion right now, and pay off the debt, by this time next year, they would be in debt again. Why? Because they keep spending more then they already steal in taxes. They're taking so much from you and I and then spending so much more than what they take. You know, I said this, this is just a little side note. I've said this, that if I ever ran for president, the very first thing that I would do as president of the United States of America would make it illegal for um, taxes to be taken out of your paycheck, income taxes, to be taken out of your paycheck incrementally. I would force... I would force it to be that every American who has a job, <laughs> there's fewer and fewer of us out there, but who actually work, instead of having the government just take a little bit, you know, you pay a little bit of taxes and it goes and you never see it on your on your paycheck. As a matter of fact, now you never even see a paycheck because it's all, um, you know, digitally or electronically uh, uh, put right into your bank account and you never even see what we used to call a pay stub. And on that pay stub, it would tell you how much you pay in taxes how much was taken out in taxes, how much was taken out for your insurances and all of that. You know, so if, if you made, say, uh, if you made 
uh, say a thousand dollars in a week, but you only got paid, you know, what seven hundred and fifty. You could see where that extra two hundred fifty dollars went in your pay stub. But since they don't do that anymore, people, it's out of sight and out of mind. I would stop that, and let me tell you why. Because Americans, most Americans, don't even realize how much they actually, honestly, pay in taxes. And if they did, if the common average American. <clears throat> understood how much money they pay in taxes. They were no longer blind to it. They could no longer be, they actually, see, what they used to do is, okay, that, let's say you made $1,000, uh, um, I'm gonna make it easy, $1,000 a month, you know, um, for a year, that's so what, $12,000. I'm just using that uh, uh, to, to make it easy. So you made $12,000, right? And what they would do is instead of just taking it out every year, and then calculating at the end of the year to see if you owe a little bit more or if you get some back. Most people hope that they get some back. Uh, that's the way they do it now. <laughs> and if they overpaid in taxes and they get, say, $200 back, they think, oh, yeah, I just ripped off the government. Look at that. I'll get $200 back. Ha, 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 ha. No, that's not it at all. They ripped you off $800. They ripped you off all that money. All right? Anyway, so... Let's say you get your 12000 you know, in your paycheck straight. Nothing is taken out of it. But at the end of the year, you know you're going to have to pay taxes. So you sit down with the tax man. He, he figures out everything, how much you owe in taxes. And you have to sit there and write them a check or hear, okay, you know, Mr. Enos, you made $12,000 this year and you have uh, no deductibles. You have no this, 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 that. You owe $2,000 in taxes you have to sit down and write out that check or swipe the card you have to punch in the numbers you have to do all of that and suddenly when you're sitting there paying the government you know you are paying it coming out right of your hand at that moment and you realize how much money the government is taking from you if that were to happen trust me our whole economic system our whole political system would change because people would be wiser they would be forced to be wiser and smarter at the voting booth. You see, all these knuckleheads, how did we get into $31.46 trillion of debt? And this is, again, not a Republican thing. It's not a Democrat thing. It's a political, it's a governmental thing. Both sides, they have both failed us in this area to the cost of now. The only way to pay this off is to increase taxes from you and I to the point of each and every American that's alive right now paying $94,000 in extra taxes. Not just straight across, extra taxes. So what is the deal here? Why would they e there be even a debate about raising the debt ceiling? Why is this even an issue? Isn't I mean, just common sense says if you have $100,000, you only have $100,000 to spend. Not $120,000, not $102,000, only $100,000. But a smart person, and in this case, a smart government, a smart president, will say, we're, we're bringing in, in current taxes, our $100,000. That's all we have to spend for the year. I'm cutting spending so that we only spend 90,000. So that next year when we get our 100,000, I got 100,000 of course, plus an extra 10,000 because I cut so much. And if you continue um, spending less than what you come in, you could actually have a surplus, a true surplus, not a fake phony surplus like they've tried to use 
uh, um, I remember when Bill Clinton was president, they said, Bill Clinton has cut the, the uh, debt in America. No, he didn't. What he did was cut the rate of growth of that debt. That's all he did. He, he, he didn't cut the debt at all. He cut the rate of growth of that debt. He, he still incurred debt in his presidency, all right? And guess who gets to pay for it? You and me. Guess who really owes that money? You and me. Please don't think the president owes that money. He doesn't. Please don't think the government owes that money. They don't. You and I owe that money. You and I owe $31.46 trillion in debt that the people that we elected to represent us, they overspent, and now we're in the hole. So based upon that, I want to read this article just so to bring you up to speed a little bit on some of this. Like I said, I am in no way an expert because I've been so frustrated with just the idea of this. Because ladies and gentlemen, let me, let me ask you this. What happens to you if you spend more than you actually have? Okay, let, let's say again, your paycheck, You every week you get a $1,000 paycheck, right? $1,000 goes right into your account. And what if you, what happens with you if you go out and spend $1,200 in that week. You know, now you might be able to get away with it uh, here and there because you might be able to say, spend the $1,200, you got the 200 debt, but you're getting paid in a few days. And then you take, you know, your new paycheck, your new $1,000, pay off your old debt, the $200 that you owe, but now you have 800, you cut, you cut some corners, you tighten up the belt, so to speak, and you only, and then you spend your 800 and you're, you're back to zero. You're okay. That could happen every now and then. We all know that. We've probably all of us done that to one degree or another. But what if you continually spend more every week than what you make every week? You make $1,000, you spend $1,100. Well, you're $100 in the hole. Let's say the next week you get your $1,000, you spend $1,100 again. Now you're $200 in the hole. And if that keeps continuing, then pretty soon you're not ever going to be able to catch up because you're so far in the hole, you're so far into debt that what you presently are making and what you presently need to live on will never give you a month, enough to catch up. And that's where we're at, ladies and gentlemen. That's where we're at. And, and so what is the number one thing that they should be talking about, in, in, at least in my opinion? Not whether or not the debt ceiling should be raised how much can we cut spending and i ladies and gentlemen this is where it gets really touchy with a lot of people not so much with me because i, I would i would if it was completely up to me and i didn't have to answer to anybody oh i would cut a lot of spending in a lot of places really fast it wouldn't even be an issue i just go in there and just start slashing things i just start cutting things like crazy um, yes, I would start cutting like crazy. But before I get into that, let me start reading this just so you can see where we are at here, ladies and gentlemen, and the major players. This is from Newsmax. And as I read this, what you're going to hear, it's so it's interesting. Newsmax is one of those places, one of those outlets that just, I don't, I'm not really sure about too much because it's supposed to be more from a conservative viewpoint but they take little digs as if they're very um, liberal. They take the CNN type of digs and, and make CNN type of statements that makes me sit back and wonder, it's like, uh, are they really conservative at all? Anyways, you'll, you'll hear that as I read this and maybe I'll catch them and point them out. But anyways, this is from Newsmax and this is from an article called McCarthy. 
latest debt ceiling packages on the right path. And uh, Monday, this was uh, published Monday, um, May 22nd, 2023, and uh, 4 o'clock East Coast time. So really just a few minutes ago, a little while ago. And it says this, top congressional Republican Kevin McCarthy said talks over raising the U.S. federal government's $31.4 trillion debt ceiling were on the right path ahead of a meeting with Democratic President Joe Biden. The, Democrat, the Democratic president and Republican Speaker of the House of Representatives have just 10 days to reach a deal to increase the government's self-imposed borrowing limit or trigger an unprecedented default. Biden and McCarthy will meet at 5.30 p.m., uh, the White House said, after their, after their negotiating representative met for more than two hours on Monday. I firmly believe that we're negotiating right now. A majority of Republicans will see that it is a right place to put us on the right path, McCarthy told reporters. Any deal to raise the limit must pass both chambers of Congress before Biden could sign it into law. The U.S. Treasury has warned it could be unable to pay all of its bills as soon as June 1st. Now, see, ladies and gentlemen, this is what I don't understand. This is what I don't If If they're not able to basically raise the debt ceiling and, and start spending again, they can't pay their bills. Well, we're $31.46 trillion in debt. Where are you getting money to pay the bills in the first place? See, this doesn't click. This doesn't make sense to me. And how are you able to have any more bills or accrue any more debt or spend any more money on anything else when you're $31.46 trillion in debt? Now, remember earlier I said, if we were to pay this all off in one shot, every American citizen, man, woman, and child, and children, infants, okay, would have to pay about $94,000. Okay, now let's back this up. Not all of the uh, 335 million people that call United States of America home are employed for different reasons. Some are too young. Some are students. Some are children. Some are infants. Some are... Uh, some are uh, stay-at-home moms. Now, although they do one of the greatest and hardest jobs in the world, it doesn't always come with a paycheck. Some are retired and on, quite frankly, a fixed income. So that leaves a much smaller margin of people that this $94,000 now, it actually increases because it's on a, uh, a, a smaller number of people who actually are out there working and have jobs and, and can pay the bills in that sense. So, let, what, so, ladies and gentlemen, what, what does that go up to? Does that go up to, I'm not really sure, because I didn't crutch those numbers, but let's say it goes up to an even $100,000. For those of you who are working, it doesn't matter if you're working, flipping burgers, or if you're a CEO of a multi-billion dollar company. Do you have $100,000 to just write, sit down, write out a check, and send it to the government right now? You know, And it, it would be more, actually. Okay, It would be more, because at least half of that 35, 335 million people are not people in the workplace. Okay, so you could probably take that 94,000 and double it. 180, 186, $190,000 each. I just went with 100,000 just to make it easy. How many of you have that laying around in the bank or sitting in the bank somewhere that you could just pull it out and send it to the government? Most, of, most Americans, at least the ones that I know, don't have that kind of liquid cash that they could just write out a check and send it to Uncle Sam to get us out of this fix. And it would be foolish to do it anyways. I'm just putting this into perspective. 
that this burden is not on Joe Biden. This burden is not on McCarthy. This burden is not on the Democrats and it's not on the Republicans in government. It's upon you and me, the American citizen. It's upon we, the people, because we, the people, we're supposed to be really the government. We gave our um, governmental rights and authority and responsibility over to these dimwits in Washington, D.C., and they put us $31.46 trillion in debt. And now they look at you and me and say, listen, you're not paying enough in taxes. When in, in reality, no, they are the ones spending your money and my money at an alarming rate. And they're spending more than they're already stealing from us. And then demanding that we, we bring them more. Does this even make sense, ladies and gentlemen? We really have to get smart and educated before we go to the voting booth. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you something right now. And this is for everybody. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your race, color, creed, religion. It doesn't matter if you're wealthy or poor. It doesn't matter if you're tall, fat, skinny. It doesn't matter. Every one of us has got to stop thinking with our emotions and start thinking with those brain cells that God put between our ears. We have to put emotion aside when we face these types of things. You say, what? what? Emotion? What does that have to do with this money and debt and spending? Why? Because, listen, one of the greatest uh, expenditures in America right now from our government is giving money to what they, who they deem um, poor or uh, uh, those unable to take care of themselves, the uneducated, you know, um, minority groups. So how are they able to do this and not really get called out on it? Well, they, they, they bank on the idea or the fact that most Americans have been tra- trained and taught to think with their emotions, not their intellect. Oh, there's a group of people that are really hungry and starving and they're, they're homeless and they're this and that. Oh, yeah, take government money. See, it's government money. Take government money and give it to them. And there's no such thing as government money. It's your money. It's my money. And they're throwing it away. I think the last time I did any kind of research on the whole welfare program in the United States is for every dollar that's taken, all right, or spent, I should say, every dollar that's spent in social welfare in America at that time, and this has been several years, but at that time, only 30 cents of every dollar actually went to help somebody in need. The other 70 cents went to the bureaucracy, the red tape, the people running the program. It had very, so it, was, it had very little to do with actually helping hurting people. It was just another way for the government to get and keep your money and my money. And it was worse in other places, a little bit better in some, but that was at the average at that time. Keep that in mind, ladies and gentlemen, because it's not just the welfare system that they are they are scamming us. They are actually scamming us to take and keep more of our money and keep it away from us. Anyways, let me get back into this. A failure to lift the debt ceiling would trigger a default that would shake financial markets and drive interest rates higher on everything from car payments to credit cards. Ongoing uncertainty is already weighing on investors and stocks. U.S. markets rose on Monday as investors awaited updates on the negotiations. McCarthy's Republicans control the House 222 to 213, while Biden's Democrats hold the Senate 51 to 49, making it difficult to reach a 
bipartisan deal that would secure enough votes to pass. It will also take several days to move legislation through Congress if and when Biden and McCarthy come to an agreement. McCarthy said that a deal must be reached this week for it to pass Congress and be signed into law by Biden in time to avoid default. We can get a deal tonight. We could get a deal tomorrow, but you got to get something done this week to be able to pass it and move it to the Senate, McCarthy told reporters. A White House official on Monday said that Republican negotiators had proposed additional cuts to programs providing food aid to low-income Americans, adding that no deal could pass Congress without support from both parties. I want to I want to read that again because this is the part again even where Newsmax says this. I, I love the way Newsmax throws this out. A White House official. So this is Newsmax supposedly saying what a White House, a Biden Democrat liberal White House official said on Monday. He said that Republican negotiators had proposed additional cuts to programs providing food aid to low-income Americans, adding that no deal could pass Congress without support from both parties. Why was that said in such that way and written in that way? It's to play upon the emotions of the American people. That if McCarthy and the Republicans get what they want, people are not going to eat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is where you and I need to be smart enough, brave enough, and just have enough common sense to put aside our emotions for just a minute and ask the right questions from intellect, okay? And what, one of the questions that we need to start asking is why is it government's job to feed these people? Why is it government's job? When, especially when we know that if, a, if the government takes a dollar from one person saying they're going to use that dollar to help somebody else, only 30 cents is going to get to that other person and the other 70 the government is going to keep or burn up and use up in bureaucracy. You see, the government is mindless, faceless, nameless. It's an entity, all right? It's a program. It has no compassion, ladies and gentlemen. Stop being fooled by them thinking that if these Republicans get their way, people aren't going to eat. It's not the government's job to feed anybody. Then you might say, well, where are these poor people going to eat? How are they going to eat? Listen, right here in my own city, and I'm sure it's the same with you, especially if you live in the United States of America. As a matter of fact, I was at the gym earlier today, okay? And I go to the best gym. I know you hear me say this every now and then, CrossFit Inner Chamber there in Lancaster, California. Anyways, as I was driving away from the gym, it happened to be there, there's a church right around the corner. I mean, literally just right around the corner from, from the gym. And on certain days of the week, they have a food handout. They give out food. They have a big truck that rolls in there, and they take this food, they bag it up, and they give it to the people in need. All right? So it's a great program. It's a good program. And it's a church doing what churches are supposed to be doing. And so anyways, they, they give this. And there's a line of cars that literally goes down the street from, from in front of the church down the street and it hooks around the corner and goes down the street the other way and i've seen somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 maybe 60 cars out there full of people waiting for them to start this the, the giveaway for the food to get food and i i happen to know this pastor and i and they not only give out food and, and things of that nature and they do this every week but they have a mobile shower unit where they can roll up this mobile shower unit 
and give people uh, showers and stuff. So if there's homeless people that just want to get cleaned up, a shower, maybe a shave, a haircut, whatever, they roll up and they can do that for them and feed them and everything. And to the best of my knowledge, now maybe they've gotten some grants or something like that, but this is not a government program that rolls in there and does this. This is a church, ladies and gentlemen. So when I read something like this, that Republicans are saying we need to cut spending. Instead of raising the debt ceiling and, and spending more money, let's cut spending so we're not uh, spending more money than we're actually bringing in through taxes. And now the Democrats and, and here, um, even Newsmax, oh, the Republicans want to cut these programs and now people are going to go to bed hungry. Oh my gosh. Wah, 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 goonie, wah, 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 I am so sick and tired of this kind of nonsense because I know with every fiber in my being, I've been in the ministry now for a long time. How old am I? I've been in the ministry for whew, 33, 34 years. I've been part of these feeding programs. I see where the food comes from. I see how much is given away free to people that are in need. And I see often, not always, but often, there is no government program, no government agency. As a matter of fact, the government programs and agencies just get in the way of Christians just wanting to be good Christians and help people. And that's the truth. They actually get in the way of this. And I know of several churches here, here in my own city, that have food giveaways and such. I knew of a church, I wasn't too happy about this at all, that was out uh, finding these homeless camps where people were having makeshift, you know, just little homes that they maybe out of cardboard or, or things of that nature. They were buying tents and then giving them to the homeless people and then these tent cities started popping up everywhere out here. I wasn't too happy about that because that just incentivizes, in my opinion, homelessness instead of um, helps people want to get off and get away from that. But nonetheless, so back to this. Ladies and gentlemen, stop thinking with your heart and start thinking with your head. Your heart is not a very good brain, all right? Your heart is not a very good brain. Your brain makes a, is a perfectly good brain. Ladies and gentlemen, God has given us all a brain and is perfectly good. Let's start using them. Let's start using them. So that when we read things like this, that, that uh, a White House official on Monday said that Republican negotiators had proposed additional cuts to programs providing food aid to low-income Americans. We should rejoice in that. We should absolutely rejoice in that because the government's, number one, their job is not to feed the homeless and feed low-income families. That's not their job. The job lies with the citizens, you and me, and citizens especially that are in churches and other nonprofit organizations that can do this and do this much, much, much better than the government ever could. The government needs to get out of the business of getting involved in people's business. They need to stop worrying about trying to feed the poor among us and give us, the citizens, the freedom and the means to do that ourselves because we can do a better job. Anyways, let me get on this. It says cut, cuts and clawbacks. I'm not really sure what that is. Cuts and clawbacks. But anyways, it says Republicans are pushing for discretionary spending cuts, new work requirements for some programs for low-income Americans, and a clawback of COVID-19 aid approved by Congress but not yet spent in exchange 
for an increase, which is needed to cover the cost of lawmakers' previously approved spending and tax cuts. I See, again, Newsmax should know better. Okay, so it's talking about needing money to cover the costs of tax cuts. Do you see how they twist that? And that's a liberal tactic right there to make you think that if the government, again, let's say let's say you make your $1,000 a, a week, your taxes, I'm going to make it easy, are $100, right? That's what you give in taxes right off the top. And then somebody comes along and says, we're going to give you a tax cut of $10. So now instead of $100, uh, you only pay 90 Well, that's great for you because you get to keep 10 more dollars of your money that's what tax cuts do it lets you the, the the person who earned it worked for it keep more of what you worked for that's phenomenal so so now the government has ten dollars less to work with how are we going to pay for that where are we going to find this extra ten dollars that's how the liberals spin it to try to make you and i feel guilty or that it's wrong to actually keep more of our money but here's the real deal ladies and gentlemen when you and i when the average american when human beings in general have more money in their pocket all right and taxes go down across the board that usually means prices go down because even the the stores the supermarkets all of that they're not paying as much money in taxes they have more money so they can lower the prices on things. Now, more people can get out there and spend a little bit more money because prices are down and they have more money in their own pocket to boot. So they tend to spend more, which puts more money in circulation, which means more money in circulation means more tax revenue coming into the government without any burden attached to it. The way you, you um, cover the cost of a tax cut is with tax cuts. That's how economics work, especially on the large scale. The Democrats don't want you to know that, and a lot of the Republicans don't want you to know that, but that's just the truth. That is just the truth. Anyways, let me go on. I will get through this article someday. Democrats want to hold spending steady at this year's level, while Republicans want to return to 2022 levels. A plan passed by the House last month would cut a wide swath of government spending by 8% next year. Well, woohoo! 8%. 8%. So that doesn't mean that our debt will start going down. That just means it will it'll grow slower. And at 31.46, just the interest on that we can't keep up with, ladies and gentlemen. So an 8% cut is nothing. And it says Democrats want to hold spending steady at this year's level. Republicans want to return to 2022 levels. And both of those are just as stupid as it sounds. I mean, because in 2022, we were spending way more than we needed. And certainly in 2023, we're spending way more than is needed. I have an idea. Number one, let's do this. First, every uh, elected official in the United States of America at every level, Congress, Senate, Assembly, all of them, mayors, uh, city councils, um, all of them. We should, we should have a term limits on all of them, just like we do with the president, term limits on all of them, okay? Two, since there is term limits, and let's say they can only do eight years, two four-year terms, just like they do the president, fantastic. 
then then we then we have to understand that that's not a career that can't be a career lot let's stop paying them career like salaries sure they should get paid something and sure they should get some perks while they're in office but do you understand that if somebody gets elected in congress this is true look this up they get elected in congress they're going to make buku bucks as it is and let's say they only last one term because they have to go to re-election right so let's say they're only in there four years one term i think it's four years but one term four years they make that same paycheck for the rest of their life even though they only served four years yes Ladies and gentlemen, that's part of their, uh, what do you call it, retirement program. They make that same, we need to cut that. That needs to stop. That needs to stop. And again, while they're serving, I think they should make a, a pretty decent paycheck. I think they should have full medical and dental and things like that Why? while they are serving. But once they leave office, no. Because that's not supposed to be a career job. That's not supposed to be a career. They are supposed to represent you and I, we, the people. So if they are to represent you and I, our interests, who we are as a people, how many of you can go get a job making $200,000 a year and then stay there for four years, leave that and get that same hundred and whatever, 200000 I said, $200,000 a year for the rest of your life with full medical, full dental, um, a full retirement, all of that for the rest of your life. I, I don't know that that job exists. And they it may exist in certain areas, but it's certainly not the norm. So why is it the norm for those in Congress? They're supposed to be our representatives, yet they act as if they are royalty and we are their subjects. And we just need to be, to be shut up, sit back, and do as you're told. That's the way they treat us. It's time to flip the script, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to flip the script. You know how much money we could save on just cut? You know, we could save a ton of money just right there. Now, will it take a big old huge dent out of the national debt immediately? Of course not. But when you get people in there, they know no matter how, even if they get reelected, they can only be there eight years and they're not making this a career. This is not a career job. Then number one, you're going to only have people that are going to run that are serious they're going to make the best of those eight years because they're not looking at it as a career. You're going to have people that are going in there. There's there's no special interest because the special interests bank on the fact that that person could be there for the next 30, 40, 50 years. So let's start doing all these backroom deals and and grease the palm, so to speak, and, and get as much out of this dude as we possibly can. Well, if that guy's only going to be there eight years and and he's making just enough money, like, like let's say only... Let's say it's eight years and he's only bringing $100,000 uh, uh, a year for those eight years. And he's got full medical dental for his family and everything, but only for those eight years. Well, it's far less likely that he could be bought by the special interests. He's in, does his job, gets out. That's it. And, and what if it wasn't a full-time job every day, 365 days a year? What if Congress, just like in the old days, when, when our country first started, they went in, they hammered everything out for, I don't know, three or four months or whatever it was, and then they went home back to their businesses. And they only did that. And if there was an emergency, they were called back. But that's it. You know how much money we could save and how much better this would be? Because those guys that were there, let's say they, they could only go into Washington, D.C. for, say, three months out of the year. And in those three months, they had to cram everything and hammer everything out and argue and fight and fuss and get as much done in those three months. But at the end of that three months, it's over. Then they go back home. 
Well, they go back home to their community, to their cities, to their homes, to their families, to their jobs. They go back home to, you know, again, back in the old days, to their farms. In other words, they understood the people of their cities, of their town, of their states, of their regions, of their communities, because they were part of them. Have you noticed that these guys, they get into into Congress, they go off to Washington, and the only time you see them at home is when it's a re-election time, and they're schmoozing the people. I'm one of you. No, you're not. You don't even remember us. You don't even know what's going on in your your own community that you represent. You're there making millions off of these backroom deals because somebody comes to you and says, hey, if you if you pass this, you know, here, here, here's here's a million dollars. We got 10 more waiting for you if you get this passed. What do you think Big Pharma has been doing? What do you think all of these big companies, Silicon Valley and all of that, they've been doing this with our government for years. That's why they're so corrupt and so evil because nobody in government's going to, you know, kill the cash cow and bring these people down. We could stop that by doing these two things. Term limits, number one, and then have have the sessions, have them where they're where typically, you know, three, maybe four months out of a year. That's it. That's it, except for extreme emergencies. That's it. Oh, and cut down their pay. Cut down their pay that they only get paid while they're in office, and that's it. Not for the rest of their life, just because they were there for, for a year or two years, three years, whatever. It's ridiculous. And then, again, back to this. So Democrats want to go just stay at current spending levels, which is out of control, and Republicans want to go back to 2022, last year, which was out of control. So whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, you get your way in that. It's still, it's out of control spending. Ladies and gentlemen, don't be fooled by this. Let me finish this. I think I'm almost done with this. I hope. It says, Biden, who has made the economy a centerpiece of his domestic agenda. <laughs> Can you believe that? I'm sorry, but this dude, his domestic agenda is the economy. The economy sucks. It is so bad right now. It is so horrible. And Biden is really, uh, as far as what you and I deal on a day-to-day basis here on ground zero, this is a, uh, Biden's economy. By the, I mean, you're paying more money. You're making less money. Everything's up and down. You're losing your investments and everything. And he's making that the centerpiece of his domestic agenda? What? <sighs> and he's seeking re-election. He said he would consider spending cuts alongside tax adjustments, but the Republicans' latest offer was unacceptable. The president tweeted that he would not back big oil subsidies and wealthy tax cheats while putting health care and food assistance at risk for millions of America. So here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. Again, please put your emotions aside for just a moment, okay? The Democrats are... Uh, Biden here. The Democrats are trying to fool you. We are going to stand against big oil and the wealthy by giving, let me put it this way, by giving your money to the non-producers in this country. We're not going to help the producers in this country, the big businesses like the oil business that actually create more and more and more jobs for Americans so they don't need assistance, but we're going to take money from them and from you and give it to those who offer very little, if anything, to the overall economy, to this nation. When you put your emotions aside and see, can see clearly because you're not looking through the lens of your heart, but the lens of your intellect. You understand how foolish this is. We should, ladies and gentlemen, we should 
be doing everything we can do for big business to thrive, not just survive, but thrive in this country because they are the ones that create wealth and create jobs and create the well-being for the people they employ and the people around them. Anyways, both sides must also weigh any concessions with pressure from hardline factions within their own parties. Some far-right House Freedom Caucus members have urged a halt to talks, demanding that the Senate adopt their House-passed legislation, which has been rejected by Democrats. Former President Donald Trump, a Republican who is seeking another term after losing to Biden in 2020 election, has urged members of his party to force a default if they do not achieve all their goals, downplaying any economic consequences. Liberal Democrat, you know, I, I want to stop right there for just a moment and comment on that. I would totally agree with that if if every Republican and every, you know, um, every American with any kind of common sense would agree to basically stand up and tell the truth about it because what would happen if we default things are going to get really bad economically uh, in immediately until everything adjusts and, and finds its footing again and so what's going to happen we know the democrats especially biden because he has the media for the most part is going to be saying see it's the republicans it's their thing is trump it's this it's it's mccarthy it's republicans and and that's not going to be it at all that wouldn't be it at all wouldn't be the truth so if if the republicans and the the more conservative media and just people with common sense would rise up and say, no, 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 this is the truth. This is what, what's happening, why it's happening. And we can get down to the truth of it. I'm all for it. Let it crash. Let it burn. Let it burn. Anyways, it says liberal Democrats have pushed back against any cuts that would harm families and lower income Americans with some urging Biden to act on his own by invoking the Constitution's 14th Amendment, an untested move which the president said on Sunday would face constraints. So again... Liberal Democrats say, now you say, well, you know, the liberal Democrats, they just really love people. They just have a heart and a passion for people. No, they don't. They're the same very people that tell you to go abort your baby. They don't care about people. They care about their power. They care about control. And that's all this is about. Ladies and gentlemen, please, 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 I am begging you. Do not look at this or any other thing that's going on out there, especially when a politician opens their mouth and start talking about how they want to help people. No, they're liars. And I say that about Republicans. I say that about Democrats, especially Democrats. But both parties have this problem. Why? Because they've been trained and taught how to play to the people's emotions more than intellect. And, and honestly, the Democrats, they are very good at that. Very, 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 very good at playing to the emotions of the people that they supposedly represent. Let me finish up. I'm almost done with this. It says, The amendment states that the validity of the public debt of the United States shall not be questioned, but the clause has been largely unaddressed by the courts. Biden is racing for a solution after refusing for months to negotiate on the debt ceiling and insisting that Republicans should pass a clean, unconditional increase before he would agree to any spending negotiations. So basically what he's saying is, you just pass what I want to pass, then we'll talk about some cuts. <laughs> it's not the way it works, dude. And isn't it interesting that for months he refused to even come to the table, but now that it's crunch time, he wants to. This is all on purpose, ladies and gentlemen. Why? Because Biden and his administration want this to go to default. They want the economy to get even worse. They want prices to go up. They want interest rates to increase. They want it harder for you and I as Americans to make it financially. 
Why? So they can point the finger at the Republicans. That's it. They do not care about you and me. They do not care about you and me. Says in Japan on Sunday, he acknowledged the political implications saying far right House Republicans know the damage that it would do to the economy if there was a default, but hoped the blame would fall to him and thwart his reelection. You see how he's doing that? Oh yeah, the Republicans want it to go to default so they can blame me. Well, and he wants it to go to default so he can blame them because he's already blaming them. Do you see how this works, ladies and gentlemen? This is nothing but politics. This is all politics. Two people, it's like two dogs fighting over a bone. And what is the bone? The hearts and the minds of the American people. Congress three times raised debt limit under Trump without a similar demand from Republicans for sharp spending cuts. Again, I love how even Newsmax says something like that. Why? So, so let, let me say something on that. Why would the Republicans you know, not fight for spending cuts when it was talking about raising the debt limit under Trump, because Trump was the one making spending cuts. He was the one cutting taxes, making spending cuts. He was, because of his policies and what he was doing, we had one of the strongest economies this nation has ever seen in its existence. Now under Biden, and we're, what is this, uh, year three now? Under Biden, we have one of the worst economies that this nation has ever seen. So yes, they should be fighting for spending cuts. And it should be much stronger, much stricter, much bigger than just, as they were saying, oh, now a few, a few uh, hungry people are going to go to bed without eating. No. They, if they do, I'll be honest with you, ladies and gentlemen, again, intellect over emotion. There should never be, in the United States of America, anybody going to bed hungry. We throw away from supermarkets and processing plants, we throw away more food food, more food, uh, so much food we can feed ourselves again. There shouldn't be a hungry person in America. So if these people are truly, genuinely going to bed hungry, it's not the government's fault. They need to get out of it completely. And it's not even the church's fault. It's not people. It's their own fault. We live in one of the greatest, most abundant nations on the planet and one of the most abundant nations the planet has ever seen. When people go to bed hungry, it's because they're not doing what needs to be done to go out there and feed themselves and take care of themselves. Well, what if they can't? What if they can't? That's what the church is for. That's what these other programs are for. Not government programs, other programs. That's what community shelters are for, where the community comes together and says, we want to help. That's what these people are for. You notice, listen, have you noticed how the homelessness problem in America has been increasing and increasing and increasing radically? Well, how can that be when the America when in America they take so much of our taxes and give so much of that they spend it on homelessness only to have it increase instead of decrease? How is that? Because they are doing it on purpose. So I have to agree with whichever Republicans are saying, no, we're gonna cut taxes or cut spending in all of those areas. We're gonna cut spending in all of those areas. Why? It doesn't work. At least some of those Republicans are willing to admit that what we've been doing all these years isn't working. So let's stop spending money on something that doesn't work.
Same thing with the welfare. Oh, I would strip welfare completely. A lot of people say, you're so heartless. You don't want to help people. No, I want to help. I want to help people. I want to help people get up on their feet. I want to help people become self-sustaining. I want to help people be able to take care of themselves. I would completely scrap the welfare system as we know it today. Completely. And I would develop a system that, and we, we say this all the time, you know, it gets back to the, Give a man a fish, he eats for the day. Teach a man to fish, he eats for a lifetime. The program that I would create would not be about giving out the fishes, but about teaching people to fish, teaching people how to be self-sustaining. And for the very, 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 very few that can't take care of themselves because of mental, emotional, or even physical limitations, those would be the only ones that I would help Um you know, maybe like you could say it this way, blindly. Here, here's some money. We're going to take care of you. Here's a home. We're going to take care of you. But that's very, very, very few in our country. Most of the people that you see out there homeless can take care of themselves. The very fact that they're able to live in a tent or under a bridge and survive proves to you they have the ability to make it. So let's just teach them how to do it. Anyways, back to this. So this whole debt ceiling nonsense it's just that again. It's nonsense. It's one of the reasons why I haven't been talking about it. I haven't been focusing on it too much because it so angers me. Because it's so, it it it's it's one of those things. Just it just makes me want to throw something at the wall and scream. Give you a liberal scream. Ah, you know, it, it's just that kind of nonsense to me because it's it's common sense. Do not spend more than you make. Okay, and in this case, since the government makes no money, it steals it. Do not spend more than you steal from the people. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. And if you find yourself spending more, well, you're going to have to go in there and make some cuts. Not take more money from the people, but make some cuts. California is, is majorly in debt. The United States of America is majorly in debt. And many of our states are majorly in debt for the same exact reason. The people that are in charge of the spending are spending more than they're stealing. So ladies and gentlemen... It's time for us to really, truly be a little bit more sharp about who we vote for. And and when we go into that voting booth and we mark, whether it's, I don't know, electronic, paper, whatever, when we go in there, we better make sure we're voting for people that are not going to put us in this type of circumstance or predicament ever again. This is our country. It's we, the people. Now we, the people, we're a little pissed off and we want our country back. Thank you for joining us at Table Flippers. I truly appreciate you. You can write me at gwccrobert at gmail.com. That's gwccrobert at gmail.com. Please let me know how I'm doing. Remember to pick up some of our merchandise. You can find the link at gwcclancaster.org. That's gwcclancaster.org. Until next time, be continually blessed.